I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the World Cricket Show, the world's favourite cricket show my name is adam bayfield and i'll be your host for this one and joining me here in his own kitchen is tony kerr hey how's it going tone yeah good thanks you ready for this um all set to go yeah as ready as i'll be i've uh, i've come round your gaff to record as always uh we we agreed to meet at 1 30 you text me this morning to say can we make it more like 1 15 you text me later to say can we make it more like one and then at 10 to 1, you text me and say, actually, can we make it more like 1.30? So yeah. here I am at 1.49, and we're about to start recording. It's... Just like to keep you guessing, really. <laughs> so it's all going well so far. but We've made know, it. We have made it. And it's, uh, it's great to be here to talk about cricket. Got a lot to talk about this week, haven't we? We've T20 World Cup, World T20, T20 World Cup, which is it? No one seems to know. All the commentators keep saying World T20. I'm not sure that name change has really stuck, has it? It's no. not just me that can't get it right, eh? Well, I, I'm pretty sure I've argued vehemently on this pod before that it should just be the T20 World Cup. Um, but now, now I'm now a World T20 man, I think. <laughs> so when it was a World T20, you argued that it should be T20 World Cup. Yeah, exactly. But uh, to be fair, uh, th- yeah, it makes sense that the World Cup is the World Cup and the World T20 is the World T20. So. Right. Not that you're contrary. No, so, but I, ju- I do think that, yeah. A I'm, man I'm, who I'm... I've been involved in debates with who's turned around and said... Hang on, what did I argue last time <laughs> we talked about this? So that's where you're coming from. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, the uh, World T20 World Cup, uh, we need to talk about that because it has finished, Tony, and we have, uh, we have a, a champion. I'm saying this like people might not know. Spoiler alert, it's Australia. So we've got, we're going to talk about that in a bit. But um, this is a little bit of a gear change after our very kind of bouncy, jolly opening. But uh, we, we just wanted to up top talk about the, the big story in cricket at the moment, which ha- has nothing to do with the T20 World Cup, which is, which is of course, um, Azim Rafiq and the uh, racism fury uh, with the Yorkshire County Cricket Club. He was uh, giving evidence uh, in front of MPs in Parliament the other day. We're recording this on Wednesday. The testimony was yesterday, Tuesday. Tony, I'm sure you agree, was uh, was pretty shocking. I mean, you, you watched most of it live. You said, yeah, did you? yeah, it was about was about an hour, an hour of testimony. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. First up, um, the the select committee heard from and put some questions to Azim Rafiq, and then um, then Roger Hutton, the or he was until recently uh, chair of Yorkshire um, County Cricket Club. He was in front of them, and then Tom Harrison from the ECB. I didn't listen to Tom Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't you know read into that what you will um yeah it, i mean it, it was it's been a pretty extraordinary 10 days oh, well i suppose it's obviously it's been it's been brewing for a lot longer but in terms mm. of the sort of build up to 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 yesterday and to see this story leading 
it was the top story in a lot, you know, pretty yeah. much most of, if not all of the major news outlets in the UK. You know, there was the, the top story on BBC News website, um, BBC Sport, Arthur News, et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, and I suppose first and foremost, you know, uh, hats off to Azim Rafiq because I, I wouldn't want to be in front of a select committee talking about anything because it, it looks quite an intimidating process. Um, but he spoke... If we somehow end up in there because of this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. No, it, look, it looks like it, it looks like a very, uh, very uh, intimidating mm. um, thing to be involved in. Um, you know, not least when the subject is one which you know the people will have very, very strong views on. Um, some people will have very, very strong views, sort of the other way. Um, mm. And you know, as he talks about, you know, he would have been sort of, he's been smeared and and um, and attacked and and kind of tried and sidelined from various parties. So yeah, no, I know. I thought first and foremost, you know, f- you know, f- obviously full credit to him because he spoke extraordinarily coherently about the situation and about his experiences very honestly. And and you know, obviously it was emotional at times. Um, and yeah, very tough to to hear. Obviously, the, just and, and to see so clearly the impact it's had on him and his family um, through not just some difficult times as a cricketer and, you know, in that circumstance, but also, you know, obviously had, it, it's wrapped up in, wrapped up in, in personal tragedy from his family's perspective. Um, so yeah, that was, that was pretty tough to, to listen back to, wasn't it? Um, yeah, the, the whole thing is, is, it's kind of swirling, isn't it? It's drawing more and more people in, uh, as it, as it goes. Um, you know, there's numerous names from, Yorkshire from the club itself from you know the dressing room from players to, to now former players and pundits and um yeah it's moving pretty quickly so I, th- I think you know there's probably more to to kind of to pass isn't there before we we you know we can probably t- I don't know be, be too explicit and be yeah. too kind of um we might have more to say on this next time as, as i mentioned we're recording this on wednesday and this is very much a moving story isn't it by the time people are hearing about it it may well have moved on quite a bit so so yeah we we might well return to this in more depth next time once uh because well there's a the, i was gonna say once the dust has settled i'm sure this will this story that will that will continue and should continue to run but Lots more people getting uh, caught up in it now with Bumble um, issuing a, a statement yesterday apologising for some things he said. Obviously, Michael Vaughan uh, under a lot of scrutiny for, for comments he's alleged to have made. As you say, Tony, a uh, huge amount of credit to Azim Rafiq. Brilliant work also, it's worth saying, by George DeBell, uh, Crick Info, actually now of the Cricketer, but doing that work for Crick Info Um and others to kind of bring bring all of this to light and make it into such massive news. As I say, it's been it's been leading news bulletins. You know, it's been leading BBC News uh, for the last few days. It was doing the same last week, and I think I said to you, it, it bumped the story of the the discovery of a COVID pill into second place. Which, when you consider, you know, the last two years of pandemic, it has to be a big story to do that. You would think so. Yeah, clearly a lot of clearly a lot has gone wrong along the way, hasn't it? Um, it well, obviously, the incidents and a lot of the experience is going back five, ten years. Um, but the way it's been handled subsequently is just is sort of nothing short of appalling, isn't mm-hmm. it? Um, and, and, and people in authority and, and you know the, the the powers that be at, at Yorkshire trying to just bury it, trying mm. to um, just kind of gloss over it. And you just think. When you consider, yeah, how much of an impact uh, it's had in terms of, yeah, in terms of the news agenda and and, and where it's sat, 
Um, it's just an appalling look for cricket. And, I, I, you know, you think the ECB at this stage surely have to be a lot stronger and should have been a lot stronger mm. or, or should have been involved and taken a lead because at the end of the day, um, it's, it's the whole episode. I mean, okay, let's hope it's a turning point or, or you know, there's clearly, if it's not a turning point, then then that would be extremely sad. Um, but the the way it's been allowed to, to, to fester and then and kind of explode just extremely sad for the game of cricket in the country you know we we've we've, been, we've talked about it before and lots of people have talked about the way that um uh the way that, that uh, communities are, you know have been marginalized in the game and, and the, the involvement particularly of black players um mm. you know obviously there are there are some high profile uh, british asian players in the england team at the moment but but overall you know that it's it's a it's a challenge that that cricket has been either losing or maybe not right to say shirking away from because yeah, yeah. So there are a lot of projects and, and stuff that, that, but for whatever reason, not succeeding, not succeeding. Yeah, yeah. cricket has, has really struggled to to connect with these communities in the in you know who you would say are they should be sort of part of the bedrock of, of cricket in the country. So um, well, the, the damage that it's done to that is uh, yeah, it's hard to gauge isn't it, at the moment. Mm. Um, well, I mean, the ECB have to be in the spotlight, don't they? Because um, well, I think I've seen a few people pointing out that. I think this is the third time they've been in front of a select committee hearing in the last few months, which isn't you don't think is a great sign if you're being hauled into the select committees. Uh, and also, I mean, it remains to be seen whether you know is this something is this an issue that is kind of local to one county mm. or is um, is more going to emerge now? How widespread a, a, a problem is this? I mean, as you say, then it's like it's completely shocking, and it it's hard to get your head around really that, that this kind of stuff is still going on it, it feels like a throwback to so yeah it's yeah it was a emotional and fairly shocking day yesterday we will have more to say on it next time as but a, a yeah remarkable few days for cricket in this country yeah and i think you know from the cricketing authorities perspective and and you know from yorkshire as well uh you know given how high profile some of the um, issues around racial abuse and um, you know diversity inclusion have been in, in particularly in football in the last year or two. It seems mad that the 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 the, the a the cricket authorities in England and or in certain you know certain portions of the cricket authorities either didn't think that you know didn't think that these these things would sort of bubble over and and, and you know mm. cricket the, the spotlight turn on cricket or want to confront them. And, and want to deal with them in a more uh, satisfactory, in a more kind of upfront, honest way, rather than yeah, just trying to sort mm. of pretend it's not it's it's not there. Um, there's a real, there's been a real like uh, uh, what's the word like dereliction of duty, hasn't there? In so many courses, absolutely. Well, that's one of the shocking things about it that you know that they they just tried to ignore the findings of the report, and you know it's. It's like it's beyond turning a blind eye, isn't it? And it's just kind of astonishingly deliberate ignoring of what were major and, and should have been obvious problems. Cricket very much in crisis in England, you would say, at the moment, which is sad to see. OK, Tone, well, uh, we are going to talk about some action on the field uh, tonight. We are here to reflect on the T20 World Cup, as I mentioned at the top of the show, the, the World T20 whatever you want to call it, which came to an end last Sunday in Dubai. Uh, coming into the tournament, I think it's probably fair to say that not many people would have picked an Australia-New Zealand final. And by not many people, 
I would include me and you. <laughs> uh, what did you say? India, West Indies, neither of whom got out of the group. I said India, England. <laughs> when you put, it doesn't look great when you put it like that. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we didn't pick it, but that's what we got. We got an Australia-New Zealand final after New Zealand took down the form team. England in the first semi-final, I obviously picked England to uh, to come out of the group tone. Just putting, putting that out there. And Australia beat the other form team, Pakistan, in the second semi-final. And it was the Aussies who took the title, becoming the sixth nation to win the T20 World Cup uh, in seven tournaments. Uh, Australia won the toss, chose to field. Their odds of winning dramatically fell at that point. Uh, and New Zealand didn't get off to a great start. After the 10 overs, they had about, what, 50-odd on the board. Martin Guptill struggling to get going at the top. But then a terrific innings from the captain, Kane Williamson, 85 from 48 balls, including one of my favourite overs of batting that I've seen for a very long time against Mitchell Stark when he took him for, what, 20, 24, something like that kind of lap shots it was just it was beautiful to watch and at that point I was like well they're definitely going to win it <laughs> um, they managed to post 172 for four which by the stands of the tournament was a pretty good total but nonetheless Australia chasing would have been feeling confident and uh, despite losing Aaron Finch early David Warner with 53 from 38 balls and Mitchell Marsh 77 not out from 50 got Australia most of the way there Warner did fall to bolt but the game was pretty much over by that point and Australia won the game by eight wickets with just over uh, with seven balls to spare uh, to seal their first T20 World Cup title. We will talk about the tournament as a whole in a bit, Tone. But first of all, what did you make of this final? Australia worthy winners for you? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't. I don't think you can uh, take too much away from from them. Um, uh, yeah, nor am I that particularly surprised. I don't know. I, you know, I, I know you say we didn't pick them to win, but at all, we spoke about them for about forty five seconds. I was very dismissive <laughs> on the preview. So, so we did. We might have dismissed them, <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I don't necessarily think it's hugely surprising. You know, just given the the openness of of T twenty, you know, back in the day we were talking about T twenty being fifty fifty, or twenty twenty <laughs> yes. is fifty fifty. That was my. Uh, I seem to remember that. <laughs> yeah, used that a few times. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think who it was. One of the Crickviz guys. You didn't guys. say T twenty is fifty fifty. That doesn't work. As no, well. I know. Twenty twenty is fifty fifty. Twenty twenty is fifty fifty. Yeah, I think we should call this the fifty fifty podcast. <laughs> Patent that. T twenty uh, is F fifty. Is what, <laughs> what you used to say. Um, but yeah, I, I think I had one of the Crickviz guys during the tournament talking about how they said, I think he said they've never had a, a T20 international that started more than about 60, 40 as in like wider than, uh, you know, as a, with, a, with one team more than 60, 40 on to win a match right. in, in T20, uh, history. I might've got that wrong, but it speaks to what the point I'm trying to make. So, <laughs> so it'll do, but I might've made that up, but no, no, I didn't make it all up. But still, the point being is that, that, you know, any of these, well, probably most of the sides starting the tournament, you know, you would have given them a chance of, of winning it. Um, clearly there were teams that were, that we, and a lot of people thought, you know, were, should be considered heavier favorites going into it. Yeah. Obviously Mitch Marsh, took a lot of the plaudits for that final and, and, you know, absolutely fair play, you know, it was, it was a great innings and, and clearly given, uh, you know, so, some of the, the treatment he's had in some quarters, you know, mm. you, you say, you know, nice for him, um, a good riposte 
uh, and obviously to be there at the end and, and, and see his team home to, to a first T20 or first, a first world T20 victory um, is pretty special. But, but then, you, look, you know, you go back to the semi-final, probably the innings, the, the, the tournament winning innings, as far as Australia are concerned, was Matthew Wade in the semi-final because like Australia were right up against it against Pakistan. You know, Pakistan looked rampant, didn't they? Um, Rizwan scored more runs. Uh, and then that Fakir Zaman um, uh, innings was just, yeah, was a bit ludicrous at the end, the way he finished that off. And then they, then Australia were right up against it in the innings. They almost had no right to win that match. And then they, you know, in the end, they win it with, uh, with an over to spare. Uh, and there was Stoinis was there as well, but but Matthew Wade um, doing the damage at the end, three consecutive sixes at the end, yeah, to win it. Um, you know, and likewise on the other side, you would say England. Um, England is that me beeping? I think so. Oh, come on, lads! Come on, lads! Teddy started saying that when he's waiting for something. Well, come on, lads! Come on, lads! He says, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't know where he gets it from. <laughs> Um, and you know, likewise on the other side of the the, uh, the draw, um, England probably didn't score enough runs today in, in that semi final. Uh, but again, we're, we're right in the mix, and in, uh, you know, and it's a, a Daryl Mitchell innings that took them away. So you know, arguably, arguably the two key, sort of key innings of the tournament, Daryl Mitchell and, and Matthew Wade, two players who you would say you know wouldn't be in the sort of top twenty five. Uh, or top thirty, well, maybe they would be, but you know, they wouldn't no, be anywhere near the the, 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 the the batsmen. You'd say are the danger men, the the, the outs, you know, the out and out stars. So it just goes to show you, like, you know, how open mm. it the was format is. Fairly remarkable thing about this tournament is that, yeah, uh, absolutely, as you say, the the key men in the key moments. If you'd said before the tournament who will be the key batsmen in the semi-finals on the final, I think you'd have had to go pretty long way down the list before you got to Matthew Wade, Daryl Mitchell and Mitchell Marsh. And, you know, which is amazing for them. Like, like so, I was going to say so pleased for them. I don't know how pleased I am <laughs> that Australia have won this tournament. But yes, it's particularly in the case of Mitchell Marsh, has obviously had a, a very tough time with injuries and things like that. And seeing his celebration, how much it meant to him, you know, hard, you have to have a heart of, Heart of Stone, uh, <laughs> or uh, I don't know, not or, to... Or Heart of English. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Heart of... Um, yeah, heart what, of true English, yeah, heart of roses or something. <laughs> um, not to not to be pleased for him. So, so yeah, that's a uh, that's amazing. I was thinking about your T twenty is fitty fitty thing. I, I, I'm sort of in two minds about it. Like in one sense, you've you're more right with that than ever, and we'll talk about this more Cheers. in a minute. But with the <laughs> with the toss being such a factor in the tournament, because it almost is. 50-50, if we go along with that idea that, you know, win the toss, win the game, then it is the flip of a coin. It's literally 50-50. But on the other hand, or I, I believe you, Tone, even though I suspect you've possibly made it up, that Crickviz is saying that, you know, that it was never more than 60-40 for any T20 um, and that therefore, you know, any game of T20 is pretty open and anyone can win it. But actually, if you think about it, if you go through this tournament, were there any shocks, like really shock results? There was... There, you know, sometimes it was the the less fancy team that won, as happened in both semi-finals. But certainly in the group stage, we weren't seeing Namibia beat India or New Zealand. We, you know, the the only big shock of the tournament was Scotland beating Bangladesh on the, the you know in the very first weekend, and then Bangladesh turned out to be really poor <laughs> basically throughout the whole tournament. So, there, I don't think it's right to say that you know that it that it is a completely level playing field in T Twenty. 
yeah, well, well, we'll talk more about the toss in a second. I was just just oh, coming back to the final a little bit. What were you going to say? Um, you put your hand up I was, there. Yeah. <laughs> Sir? Um, so I'm just trying to find the one result. Uh, well, I guess I guess you could argue that Sri Lanka beating West Indies, based on our pre, pre-tournament mm. predictions, is a shock, or was a shock, which it probably was, although it obviously had come after West Indies had been pretty ragged so um so maybe maybe it was, and, and Sri Lanka look, yeah, yeah. in the context of the tournament it wasn't necessarily a massive shock but pretty pre-tournament you'd have said we'd have called that as a shock yeah that would have been a big shock Netherlands would beat Sri Lanka would yeah. beat Sri Lanka it's a good point and, though the fact just the fact that you know people say or that the accepted wisdom is that T20 is the format that will <laughs> what I thought you were about to say the accepted wisdom is that <laughs> 2020 is 50 50 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is the accepted wisdom. Um, no, that this is the format that will you right. know, op- yeah, open the, game, the doors to yeah. the world, and that that you know it it'll it, it it gives the lesser teams a better chance. And as you as you say, in the end, the group stage was probably a bit of a damp squib. Mm. Yeah, and that's not always been the case. And and squib you know, game. We've, <laughs> I've spoke over that. <laughs> this is a joke we that need to deliver that for weeks. <laughs> it's a joke that. You came up with weeks ago, but just after we recorded the last yeah. podcast and texted it to me, I was like, why did you not say that on the pod? What do you get paid for? Also, the whole buzz of Squid Games died off now, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? True. So it's too late anyway. Yeah. This anyway, Squid Game. There you go. You can yeah. have that for free. It's been, yeah, there's been quite, there were quite a few Squid Games in the, uh, <laughs> in, the, in the preliminary round, or, you know, in the group stage, whatever they call it, the Super, Super 12. Yeah, but Stranger Things have happened, <laughs> today, haven't they? Is everyone still watching Stranger Things? Yeah. It does, there's no doubt that T20 is the vehicle to grow the game and it is more of a leveler than, say, test cricket. I mean, that's that's just goes without saying. But, yeah, certainly at least in this tournament, it's not sort of bringing about complete parity. Does it? But, yeah, Sri Lanka being West Indies was a shock. Australia being Pakistan in the semi-final, I would say, was a shock. I, I was certainly very surprised by that result. And just speaking of Australia, I'm going to hesitant whether to say this because i'm just gonna it's just gonna sound like such sour grapes as an england fan <laughs> but i do there is a quite a big part of me that is just sort of sitting here thinking like how have australia won this i just don't think they were particularly impressive in the tournament and they've come out as winners and it i mean they obviously had that yeah amazing kind of 15 minutes at the back end against pakistan and that and those sixes from matthew wade and then they did play well in the final they were the better team on the day in the final for sure but if you rewind a couple of weeks to when England absolutely dismantled them in the group stage, you know, it was like they were playing different sports almost at that point. Perhaps this is because I'm an England fan and I feel I sort of feel this way because it was England that beat them in that way. But it, almost if any team had beaten them in that way in the group stage, it would be hard to kind of square that with the fact they'd gone on to win the tournament. And they were, so, they were completely written off after that. So in one sense... You know, what a story that they turned it around and came back to win the tournament. Um, and yeah, maybe it is sour grapes. Maybe I kind of have my England blinkers on. Maybe I have my sort of very passionate, determined and meticulous anti-Australian bias hat on. I'm sure Australian fans are loving it and are enjoying this tournament win as much as uh, as much as England fans were winning the, the World Cup in 2019. But it's just, I don't know. It's just for me, it's a little hard to to swallow those images of the Australian players celebrating because I was like, I'm not sure they've been very good. <laughs> in terms of who was the best team in this tournament, I still think they'd be quite a way down the list. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's tough to argue with that. I, I, th- I do think there's a slight... The format needs work, doesn't it? Yeah. All, as we all know, all formats need constant work. It just doesn't really feel like there's any momentum to the tournament in, that, in the sort of group stage. Like, 
yeah, it feels a bit strange that probably the two best England and Pakistan, the two best teams, then just like just lost in the same final. That was it. Mm. And then one more match, and suddenly, as you say, Australia are champions. So it comes out of nowhere a bit, doesn't it? And that's part of the magic. I, I don't of know it. what the answer is. Yeah, it's I don't part know of the, the magic because it's knockout. It's one-off game, and it means that you can't just halfway through the tournament say, "Well, England and Pakistan have been the best two teams so far. Therefore, one of them will win it." Because that's not how it works. And I, I don't want that to be how it works. I don't want it to just be a league table. The fact that um, tournaments have knockout stages is one of the great things about them. So, but just somehow, it's, I just couldn't quite work out how Australia had ended up in the final, and then to win it i don't know i mean and, I, sorry, I, was saying, I would argue actually now at this point that the, the form if you're going to keep the super 12 format you should then have best of three semis and best of three final okay which i i don't think would be undoable mm. um if you played played three double headers three back-to-back double headers as the semi-finals so you'd have say you know it was pakistan australia an afternoon game then england new zealand and then vice versa maybe with a i don't know we can work it out. We can work okay. it out together. <laughs> because you almost want, I don't know, I, I still, I, I come away feeling like I've not watched enough good cricket in the tournament or like mm. good matches and that probably actually the, the three best games or or three of the best games were the semifinals and final when you had the best teams or the, the, the informed sides or, mm. effect, or, or the, you know, the sides that had, that had risen to the top playing each other. And, you know, as as nice as it was to have, Namibia and Scotland, etc., involved in the Super 12s. Actually, as we said last week, there just wasn't enough good... It, it wasn't exciting enough for me. Yeah, the, well, I, I agree with that. So therefore, probably, yeah, if you had best... You know, how exciting would that have been? Three, you know, after that first Australia-Pakistan game, which was, was po- possibly some of the most exciting cricket the tournament. Yeah, to then have two more of those, potentially. Yeah, and it does feel like a bit of a missed opportunity somehow that England and Pakistan didn't meet. Not that there's anything anyone could have done about that but I know what you mean in the sense that yeah the the best bit of the tournament by far was the knockout stages because it was finally we were seeing teams in good form playing each other um Australian fans listening to this are going to be absolutely killing themselves laughing by the way and we're going to get a lot of emails about this because it's like okay England didn't win Australia won and suddenly we have to rework the format but I don't know I mean perhaps part of the explanation for this like a for australia winning and b for why we feel a little bit underwhelmed by the tournament as a whole is the toss australia won the toss in six of their seven matches including in the semi-final and the final and there was a sense of win the toss win the game so only only can't quote 29 out of 45 matches in the tournament were won by the team batting second so that's not that significant i mean it is it is a difference but still 16 matches were won by the the team batting first so it doesn't feel like completely decisive but that 45 includes the group stage and some of those uh, super 12 games that were mismatches you know that involving namibia and, and scotland and so on of 23 games between full member nations 18 were won by the team batting second so quick maths only five were won by the team batting first including all three knockout games that's obviously to do with the dew in this part of the world and the fact that, you know, the games were, were especially at, in the latter stages, were night games for the TV audience in, in India with the time difference and stuff. It meant that it, the, the dew was, was a big, big issue and it was, it was hard for the team fielding second. So, yeah, I mean, was it, was it too big an issue, Tony, in the tournament? Do you think that's, that's a big factor here? Marginally, it is. It's, yeah, it is. 
that's kind of tough to to work out if that is the case then where you go from there you just accept it and you know the next breakthrough in t20 tactics and and whatnot is to try and find a way to yeah to win batting first um yeah the team's batting second obviously they won more but also they, they would they just found it easier to find the the big sixes and the big boundaries towards the death like quite a few of those matches towards the end of the tournament you know teams were needing yeah 12 and over in the last three and then suddenly it was like they needed like five off six balls it was like that yeah there was those explosive moments which for whatever reason i don't i don't know whether it's just maybe the team's batting first sometimes didn't put enough you know put, put enough uh, take enough risk or try to try try to hit big enough quickly enough because uh you know you look, you look at england in the semi-final 166 for four perhaps they just they were, they were just playing a little bit within themselves um whether that was the conditions or, or whatnot new zealand in the final finished four down four well. down i mean i guess pakistan against australia finished four down i mean it's tough to argue that you know what you know what more fucker zaman could have done at the end there but yeah, were the teams batting first, scoring enough runs? Probably, you know, if you if you're finishing four down, probably not. You know, you, mm-hmm. six or six or seven down for an extra fifteen runs, it would have maybe been decisive in all three of those matches. Yeah, well, I was saying New Zealand only put fifty or so on the board in the first half of their innings, so you know that you'd say is is where they lost the game. And if they'd managed to get another twenty five or thirty, it could well have made all the difference. I mean, it is. I, I think it's always the case in T Twenty that probably all things being equal you would rather bat second because just mentally it is easy i mean and this goes back to like when you're a kid playing cricket you do you generally want to bat second because it's just easier to know what you've got to get isn't it um when you're batting first there's just kind of uncertainty about what's a good score on this pitch you know so it it kind of makes sense that there's always going to be a slight advantage there but it's just there was way too much advantage in this tournament but it could be that you know, maybe we don't need to overreact and start thinking about mitigations and changing rules of T20 and having a longer power play batting first and those sorts of things because it could well be that it's just something local to the UAE uh, and this tournament in particular and, you know, the time of the year that it was held and perhaps it's another another thing to add to the list of why this might not be a great venue for a global tournament um, but it's perhaps not uh, a kind of a fundamental existential crisis for t20 but it is just a it was just a bit disappointing obviously we're off to australia next year we are <laughs> um so, so, Brilliant so maybe that's the time Pack to my bags. get sorted mate um yeah so let's not rush into any uh any big decisions maybe i'm being too harsh on australia Ted. i mean they certainly put in an excellent performance in the final terrific innings by david warner Mitchell Marsh as well as we from Warner, mentioned great tournament from Warner kind of answering a few critics the likes of you and me possibly I'm sure that's who he was thinking about uh, <laughs> I don't know if I've been that critical of Warner <laughs> no, I don't think I have either um, particularly but um, yeah obviously Wade in the semi-final Josh Hazelwood was absolutely sensational mm. all tournament can I just say about Warner as well in a Go way uh, you know actually you know obviously a lot's made about you know all the sort of pre-tournament chat you know a lot of it focuses on Babrazam, Josh Butler um, Coley but actually, and Warner probably sort of slid under the radar a bit, which is kind of mad given that he is, you know, he probably on his day and by right is one of the best one day batsmen of the, of the sort of the century. Mm. Um, you know, he's, he's, so it's actually, you know, again, putting away the, um, the, the rivalry, you know, he's, he's an incredible batsman to watch. Um, nice to see him do it in, you know, on this stage and, and, you know, probably was, 
overall he was probably the, mm. the batsman of the tournament yeah he's kind of a you know one of the sort of definitive t20 batsmen isn't he like he will go down in the history books with the likes of chris gale you know as one of the players one of the batsmen that really kind of um uh set the blueprint for t20 batting so yeah not, he and he has had a a lean a leaner time of it but yeah nice to see well through gritted teeth nice to see him uh back to his best in this tournament um and yeah, in the bowling department for Australia, as I say, Hazelwood was fantastic and is you know continuing his transformation as a, a T twenty bowler. And given he's given what an unbelievably good red ball bowler he is, it's um slightly alarming uh, from our point of view that he's he's becoming just as important uh in white ball as well. Adam Zampa had a fantastic tournament, much much better than I gave him credit for in the preview when I said he was one of Australia's weaknesses. And it's you know it is quite an experienced group for Australia now as well. Maybe not experienced in playing together. One of the criticism that I leveled at them in the last episode that they didn't play that much together. But in terms of individual experience, so uh, Pat Cummins is the youngest member of the team ten years after he made his debut. Perhaps evidence as well this Australia success of the outsized impact of individuals in T Twenty. So uh, this again, this, this might be a sweeping conclusion off the back of one tournament win, but. It could be that the balance and composition of your team is less important in this format than in the other two. You know, it's important, but it's not everything. You know, because Australia's team was, I was going to say a bit of a mess. That might be overstating it. But, you know, there were there were problems with the balance of that team. They didn't, I don't think they, I still don't think they know what their best batting order is. I don't think they know what Steve Smith's role is in the team. Uh, they had several players who had very poor tournaments like Aaron Finch and Mitchell Stark. But... A few big performances from from individual players carried them over the line in the end, and that's that is quite an exciting aspect of T Twenty, isn't it? That that you don't need that much. You you only need a thirty five from or a forty from Matthew Wade um, in quick time to completely change your fortunes. Uh, yeah, I thought. I mean, yeah, you know, obviously we we spoke about Mar- uh, we spoke about Mitchell Marsh before. Just, I mean, his. his <laughs> uh, his six off his first ball in that final was yeah, ludicrous. That was just quite, like quite an amazing shot. Yeah, that, wasn't incredible it? moment. And that, you know, in a way, it's like those kind of things that just sort of that, that turn the tide slightly. Um, yeah, he just sort of I don't know, picked it up off the middle of leg, and I didn't. He, he didn't really move his feet, but mm. just the the hip turn and the pickup, and he just heaved it over square leg for a big six. What one thing? Kind of lazy shot it was sort of laconic shot. Oh, wasn't it? it was just it was, like yeah. it looked like he was sort of like it was like caveman like just the the size yeah the yeah. bat swinging it was quite incredible um i think one thing that's that, that commentators have got to go away and do some work on though is describing sixes um because <laughs> yeah. they just run out of they've run out of terminology wow yeah and, and it, you know often it's just it's huge and it like dribbles over the boundary or they go it's massive it's yes yeah, you well, i can't i don't know who i can't remember who it was on commentary but one of them was one of the mitch marsh sixes which just cleared the rope and uh, the comment, the commentary was something along the lines of, "Yeah, he's hit that as cleanly as anyone has ever hit a ball in cricket or in this sport." It's like, no, it clearly hasn't. But Mark, it's tough. I Mark Nicholas was very overexcited, wasn't he? Uh, uh, the commentary was a real mixed bag. What about New Zealand, Tone? Are they ever going to win a white ball tournament? Uh, yeah, it's tough, isn't it? I mean, like, if you'd given them three finals, if you'd said you're going to be in the World Cup final, the Test Championship final. And the World T20 final, you're going to win one of them. I think you'd, you'd still take it. Uh, I know it'd be disappointing, and you know, obviously, 
obviously 2019 was particularly cruel do you mean they'd have the chosen the test championship uh, no not necessarily I think they'd have taken one win out of the three you're in all three finals and you're going to win one of them right would you take that yes I think they would have done yeah it's a shame that they haven't converted one of, yeah it's a shame they didn't convert this one yeah I mean they did incredibly well to get to the final because again for all that you know they're, they're not the uh, dark horses anymore or the underdogs not many people were calling them to get that far and they played some really good cricket throughout and obviously uh, were fantastic in taking down England in the semi-final incredible innings from Williamson in the final um, lovely Trenty had a good tournament didn't he so yeah they will be disappointed not to get over the line but I think unlike the 50 over final um, you know it, this won't be the one that got away in quite the same sense will it because they were well beaten in the end yeah yeah exactly. I mean the more you think about 2019, the more you know, the more brutal it is as a way to miss out, isn't it? But um, yeah. As the dust settles on this tournament then, Tone, what's, what's your final verdict? How will you remember this T20 World Cup? Uh, Disappointing? Live the game, love the game, I guess. <laughs> so that's, you know, the marketers have done well on that. Yeah. Just, just when you're brushing your teeth, yeah, in the morning again. The game of the game. I did enjoy. Someone tweeted, you know, a little poll of whether you live the game, love the game, neither or both. <laughs> um, I don't know what. Do, yeah, have you got? A, do you fall either way? Do you live it or love it? Um, probably, probably both. I'd say. <laughs> what about you? That's good. Yeah, both. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I guess yeah, I live. Live the game, love the game is yeah. probably how I'd put it. So that's probably how I remember it. I don't, yeah, I don't think it's been a classic. I mean, yeah, there'll, there'll, there'll be mem- there's memorable moments. We said we were very excited about it. Mm. Yeah, it, it, it came in under, below expectations for me. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, I still enjoyed it. It was still uh, a pleasure to have a global cricket tournament on. Do you mm. know what I mean? It was just on a lot in my house, Yeah, which... I like I like that, and it had been a long time since we'd had a, a tournament like that. And you know, in in the age of a pandemic, in in some respects, it might seem slightly churlish, or I don't know. Like if you go back eighteen months when there was no cricket at all, no sport happening anywhere at all in the world, I'd have bitten your hand off for a disappointing T Twenty World Cup. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> yeah, like sort of to some extent, like this. This is the first moment that you know. We've, all teams from all around the world have been able to get together and we we said we'd never take that for granted again and I'm just on my take... sofa like stuffing my arthur going like, no entertain me more like yeah, more better matches yeah. like some sort of giant horrible toddler so yeah you're just there like Teddy going come on lads come on lads yeah um, so well, but I think yeah it, it's hard to make a case for this being a classic tournament good, very good semi-finals the yeah. final threatens to come to life, but in the end, petered out a bit, didn't it? Everything before the semi-finals was pretty underwhelming, uh, and I think, yeah, this 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 is it's a rubbish venue for a World Cup. The pitches weren't great; very kind of two-paced pitches, which meant we didn't see that many batting fireworks, or not as many as we're used to seeing. I like a low-scoring game, and I like it when the bowlers are on top, but it wasn't it, it wasn't really in the right way. You know, it didn't feel. Um, like we were seeing kind of uh, sensational bowling. It was just that the yeah, and teams were finishing three or four wickets down. They just weren't getting going. And the dew factor and the toss and everything. Also, can we talk about the ground announcers? Yeah, go on. 
the DJs. Well, I mean, I, I don't have much more to say than that, but it was just, it was just remarkable. And the final was something else. What's a shot? <laughs> yeah. When I say Chris, you say Jordan. <laughs> Chris, Jordan. Chris, Jordan. Um, of course, we've got the roadmap now for the next decade. Our yeah, lives, I saw it. Yesterday. Been mapped out. It's quite exciting. How can many you, were going to? Can you fill us in? Um, well, yeah. So obviously, uh, it's Australia next year, isn't it? We knew that already. But the um, the ICC have announced uh, well, the dates from what twenty four to thirty one. Yes, which is like stupid futuristic dates. <laughs> you know, the twenty ridiculous. The twenty three fifty over World Cup is in India. We already knew that. Yeah, but but we've got um, the dates for all the tournaments. They're bringing back the Champions Trophy as yeah. well. Back by popular demand. Um, on the on the, T, the world T twenty side of things, uh, quite exciting. Twenty twenty four, yeah, jointly hosted in the West Indies and the United States. We're going. I think we are going to that. We're definitely going to that. So that'd be the first. Um, be the first. Yeah, the first major men's tournament, um, global tournament held in the US. Which is uh, yeah, which is you know we've been talking about this kind of stuff for years, haven't we? About you know. It's quite exciting to see that in paper. Yeah, well, in Reigns PC, I don't know. Have they kind of given any more detail on that? Because like, it that could mean a number of different things, can it? Like, it could be that it's mostly in the mm. West Indies with a few games in Florida, or it could mean that it's largely in the US with the odd game in Barbados. Do you know what I mean? We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, this is true. Um, what it looks like, but it is... Yeah, it is. It is quite an exciting prospect. So then, uh, twenty-five India, Sri Lanka joint uh, host. Twenty-eight Australia, New Zealand, and then twenty-thirty England, Ireland, and Scotland. It's interesting to say that. I mean, clearly the way lots of things are going in terms of major sport is for for joint hosting and mm. sort of spreading it around, which probably makes makes sense. It does. It does kind of undercut that sense of kind of coherence and identity to the tournament a bit, doesn't it? But there we go. Well, and again, but. Not to just make exactly the same point, but it, it remains to be seen exactly what shape yeah. that takes. Because England, Ireland, Scotland, it, yeah, it could be that there's a couple of games in Ireland, a couple of games in Scotland. But, well, I know you're talking about the T20 World Cup specifically there, and um, it's nice that it's back on a two-year schedule. That just works yeah. better for me. But it's quite cool as well to see uh, the Champions Trophy is going to be in Pakistan, isn't it, in 2025? And also that the World Cup in 2027, the 50 over World Cup, will be in South Africa, uh, as, along with Namibia and Zimbabwe. Um, South Africa, which hosted every tournament going for four or five years, I think has now not hosted one since the 2009 Champions Trophy. Um, and it will be 24 years after the World Cup was last there, which is slightly frightening, isn't it? We are getting to very futuristic territory here. But that was cool. Well, we're... And it, I, you know, India have, unsurprisingly, have uh, a stake in all three... Mm. tournaments over that over that course um over the course of the decade so plus um, the 2023 yeah world cup so they've done all right out of it yeah so they, they've got the 2023 world cup and the 2031 world cup haven't they can we start saying just the last two digits of the year are we are we at that point now where i can just say world cup 23 i don't have to say world cup 2023 it's gonna save me a lot of time it's a great question um yeah because when we were kids, Agreed. it was all World Cup 94, Euro yeah. 96. But obviously, once we got to 2000, it ruined everything. But I feel like now we can start, we can go back to that. So, we, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Definitely 24 then. When, when do we start? 20, what is, is it? 21 now? It's 21 now. It still feels a bit weird somehow, bit, doesn't yeah. it? But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push for it. I'm going to push for it. And I'm starting now on this podcast. We're going to bring this to an end in just a second time. But very quickly, any favorite moments from this tournament you mentioned that mitchell marsh six in the final would that be near the top i said on the last episode joss butler's run out against sri lanka yeah. as in the run out that joss butler affected yeah 
would be up there for me. Shahina Freedy bowling. The Mohammed Rizwan pickup. He did this a few times, but that shot he plays, which is just, yeah, without kind of moving his feet, just the swivel of the hips. Yeah. A bit like the, the Mitch Marsh six in the final, but he played it several times throughout. was a, a thing of beauty, wasn't it? Yeah. Anything else coming to mind? <laughs> He's struggling. <laughs> Not, nothing's leaping to mind. We <laughs> um, think. Which is the game that Scotland won. Against Bangladesh. Yeah, that was quite, that was quite something. That was a good, good moment. Um, yeah, you have to come back to you on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to ask you such a difficult question. Um, um, just on, on another cricket news, why are New Zealand and India playing a T20I today, by the way? I just opened Cricket Info and it's live. live. <laughs> New Zealand are 110 for three. First T20I in Jaipur. I mean... Come off it. Bizarre. And also that England are now going to play seven T20Is in Pakistan next year. Oh, really? They've just added another two. Just for, just for good measure. Oh, dear. Yeah. There's a lot of work to do, isn't there? A lot of work to do. Well, we'll be covering it all, of course, on the podcast. But uh, that's going to be it for the World Cricket Show this time. Have you enjoyed this one, Tone? Uh, yeah, it's been really good. Yeah. You've got to shoot off now? Yeah, it's been a joy. Uh, Yes, I do. (laughs) Yes, I definitely do. (laughs) He says, lacing up his shoes. Uh, Well, I've got to go as well. got to go get my son from nursery. So uh, we'd better bring this to an end. But if you enjoy the podcast, then do get more involved on the internet. We're on, you know, Meta, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, Send us an email, worldcricketshow at gmail.com as well. But until next time... That's it from me. That's it from Tony. Anything yeah, well, you want... so, well, we've got the ashes soon, haven't we? Yeah, well, we're going to be back... really soon. Should we? Let's have a planning meeting at some point because we need to book in a date. Is it December the 8th it starts? Yeah, it's really so, exciting. Book we'll, it in. We will be coming right at you, right up in your grill. <laughs> we'll be right up in your grill piece with an ashes preview uh, in a week or so's time. I'm excited. I'm excited for that. Love the game, love the game. Stay in school, everyone. See you soon. Jerry. Bye for now. This should be interesting. <laughs> how, how does this? How does this sound? Oh uh, yeah, I mean it sounded pretty good. It's sounding it's good quite, to you? Quite, Is it uh, quite, quite loud? loud? I'll just give that. A bit this of a... Good. it might need to be more like six actually. Yeah. Um, how about thought, that? Yeah, pretty good. How's pretty that? Good, mate. Kind of in the sweet spot. The magic pretty six. Pretty good. The magic six. Sweet six. Magic sucks. The magic sucks. <laughs> <laughs> how many of those are we going to get today? <laughs> Absolutely frenetic. <laughs>